Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Coastal Community Church again. I am Pastor Chris. Welcome online if you weren't able to join us uh, live for the party, the celebration, but we're glad that you tuned in as well. Man, as Scott said, what a great way to begin the service today. What a great way to begin our celebration. Not only great worship, but to get to see two people uh, raised to new life in Jesus Christ through baptism. And uh, I, if you were wondering what I was whispering to them, I said their names are Molly and Corey. And I said, hey, guess what? Not only do I I get to uh, baptize you today, but I actually get to be a part of two of the biggest days of your life. I'm going to baptize you today, and then they're getting married in December, and so I get to do that as well. So... Uh Pretty cool stuff, pretty cool stuff. Hey, also, um, I'm excited that if you serve or volunteer in any capacity here at Coastal, we have our big um, end of the semester volunteer celebration, volunteer appreciation banquet. Uh, that is Friday night, December the 6th. We're going to feed you well. Uh, we're going to talk about some things that are coming up in the new year. Uh, we're, we have a gift for you. So if you serve in any capacity, you are, you are uh, expected. We want you to come. And it is Friday night, December the 6th. It's on the back of your Connect card. And please fill up, uh, please sign up for that. So today is the day. Today is the day we've all been waiting for. Today is the day we get to find out what you've given for the Daring Faith uh, offering. It's been like the biggest secret all week long. I know some of you are really shady. We've got some shady characters here at Coastal because I have been offered a lot of bribes. I'll just go ahead and say that. Actually, I didn't even tell the staff until Thursday what it was because we had, we they they were harassing me. All I'm saying is that Ashley and I, uh, Ashley's the only other person who knew, and we were given bri or we were attempted bribes with uh, wine and steak. I'm not saying who you know was getting either one of those things. You could figure that out on your own. But uh, anyway, so three months ago when we announced the Daring Faith campaign, I basically told you that our church is at a crossroads. We have a decision to either move forward or to fall back. And next year, 2020, our church will be 30 years old. And I share with you how I believe that God, you know, is continually speaking to our church saying, the time is now. You know, it's time to keep pulling out all those stops and do whatever it takes to keep reaching the next generation for Jesus. However, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for your church to step out in faith and attempt something so great for me, something so big, that you can't do it on your own. Not so the watching world or community will say, whoa, what a great church or what a great pastor. No, but what a great God. What a great God. So I shared with you how we are going to attempt to step out in faith and commit to give over a million dollars in order to completely renovate and expand our Coastal Kids Children Building Space, our Welcome Center, our Atrium, tools that will enable our church to keep growing and keep reaching the next generation for Jesus for years to come. And uh, we gave you a magazine. We had meetings, multiple, multiple meetings over several weeks where we explained the entire process in great, great detail. And I challenged you, and I tried to remind you that Christianity really at its core is about one word, and that word is faith. Faith. And if you believe that, then it's time to put that into practice, to put your faith into practice and to go for it. It's time for our whole church to do whatever it takes to pull together to prepare for the future 
and to keep growing and to communicate to our community that, hey, Coastal's here for good. And we're ready to keep growing, ready to keep reaching children and students. It's time to, you know, to leave a legacy that's far going to outlast us and to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. You know, to dare to believe. Because God has spoken, and when God speaks, we obey. And he's saying, Coastal, dare to believe. You know, step out in faith. Attempt something so great that only I can do it, and I'll bless it. God is saying, you know what, Coastal? I've got the resources. It's all mine. I'm drawing people to myself. Miracles will happen, but I only do that. I only draw people to myself. I only perform miracles at churches that walk by faith. I only bless people who are willing to walk by faith. And so I believe that if we choose to step out in faith, that God's going to keep blessing this church in so many ways that we're just going to keep growing and explode. So the question is, do you want to be a part of it? And are you willing to step out in faith? So I am thrilled to announce that God has done a great miracle in our midst. And I'm thrilled to announce that as your pastor, I know which way you have chosen to turn at this crossroads. And it is down the adventure-filled path of faith. So, you guys gave the largest single offering we have ever given in 29 years as a church. Now, six years ago, when we did our last giving campaign, All In, when we built this building, And we talked about this in those meetings, that at that time, we gave our largest single offering ever. It was over $55,000, and that, with our commitments, totaled over $400,000. And so this year, in all these meetings that we were having early on, about two, three months ago, I said that our goal this go-around was to take up our largest offering ever, to give over $100,000 in an offering, and to make three-year commitments totaling over $1 million. And when I said that figure, all of them, ooh, wait, no, that's, you know, that can't happen. Well, are you ready? I love the suspense. I feel like I got power. (laughs) I'm just going to hold on to it just for a little bit. Um, So I want to give you two totals, okay? Two totals. First, I'm going to give you the cash offering last week. In other words, like our single Sunday, single week, you know, offering total. And then, I'm going to give you the three-year commitment grand total, the big number, okay? You ready for it? You excited? How about a drum roll? There we go. You're wondering why he was back there. Our Daring Faith offering was $202,635.80. Woo! Now, 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 now. So, again, more than double, more than quadruple what we did six years ago, more than double what the goal was. So even, you ready for the even bigger miracle? You ready? Okay. So the three-year commitment total. Drum roll, please. $1,689,886.82. Everybody stand up. Stand up. Somebody. Give somebody a chest bump. Wow. All right, all right. You may be seeing. Is that amazing or what? 
1,689,886.82. Wow. Um, you've been a part of a miracle. You know, nobody can deny it. Nobody can challenge it. Nobody can ignore it, rationalize it away. It is a flat-out miracle of generosity. And you know what? You ready for this? You did it all through giving. You know, there was no fundraisers, no bingo parties, no raffles, no garage sales, no bake sales. Uh, we didn't sell Jesus junk, you know. We, we didn't do any of that. You know, it was all through your what? Generous giving. And so maybe the next natural question is, well, Pastor Chris, what are we going to do with all that money? You ready? We're going to spend it. We're going to spend it. We're going to do what God's been calling us to do. We're going to believe God for more miracles. It would be crazy to actually believe God that would provide the financing miraculously and not provide the goal miraculously. So we're going to believe him for just the right facility to continue to reach more and more people for Jesus. And right now, uh, LS3P, Hill Construction, they're busy behind the scenes. Engineers have been crawling our campus already. And we really hope to break ground sometime before Easter, early spring. Uh, sometime before Easter, our 30th anniversary as a church. But we'll let you know all about that as it comes down the pike. But the question I want to talk about today is not how much money did you give, but what did Daring Faith teach us? You know, what have we learned in this campaign? What have we learned in this series? Because truthfully, and I said this all along, Daring Faith is really not about building buildings. Daring Faith is really not about money. It's about building our faith. And for the last eight weeks, I've attempted to uh, stretch your faith, to deepen your love, to teach you about generosity and sacrifice, to enlarge your hope, to challenge you to dream big dreams, to break the grip of materialism in your life, uh, to build character, expand your vision. That's what this has been about. And I really believe that our church is never going to be the same. Many of you are never going to be the same. You're going to look back on this years later and say, you know what, that was a turning point. You know, just like many of you used to do for All In or Step of Faith or other campaigns, you're going to look back at Daring Faith and you go, man, that was a turning point in the life of our church. That was a turning point in my life personally. You see, the miracle is not the money that we gave or the building that we're going to build, but, but what's happened in the hearts of our people. That's what this has been all about. And so today, here's what I want us to do. We're going to go outside, we're going to eat, we're going to have some fun. But before we do that, I want to talk about some of the lessons that we learned. Because the Bible actually talks about how we ought to remember the stuff that we've learned in times like this. You know, the problem with the Israelites is that they kept, you know, having to relearn those lessons. You know, they wandered around the wilderness for, for 40 years, and they kept forgetting all the things, all the miracles that God had done, forgetting those lessons. And so God had to teach them over and over and over again. And sometimes that can happen to us. Sometimes we forget. But today I want you to remember. Deuteronomy 4.9 says this, But watch out. Be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. So what have we learned? Well, today I want us to look at three categories of lessons learned. We're going to talk about lessons that we learned about God, lessons that we've learned about ourselves, and lessons that we've learned about our church. And I just got a couple for each one, I promise you. Number one, what have we learned about God? Well, one, God is in control. 
God is in control, no doubt about it. I mean, we've seen that demonstrated over and over in many different ways through miracles, unexplained uh, money for many of you, circumstances, lives turned around. We've seen families brought together. We've seen husbands and wives praying together. We've seen men taking responsibility in their homes spiritually. Incredible things have happened. Psalm 77, 14 says this, You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. So why does God do miracles? Well, to show us that he's still alive. He's still in charge. He's still in control. And there's more to come. Psalm 78, 7. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. We have to keep remembering so that each generation will remain faithful. Listen, by the way, you don't have to depend just on miracles in the past or miracles out of the Bible to base your faith because God is still alive and he's still doing miracles today. Number two, we also learn about God that we can't outgive him. We cannot outgive God. You can try, but it'll never happen. Let me tell you something. Even if he never did anything else for you, you will never be able to repay him for all that he's already done. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 8. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. In other words, you've been blessed to be a blessing. This is the principle of the harvest. We talked about that during this series, that you sow and then you reap. There's always a delay. Now, some of you honestly had almost instant results as you maybe took a step of faith in this series. And that's kind of unusual because typically you don't sow and reap in the same season. The miracles are yet to come. Because the time you plant and harvest, between the time you plant and harvest, that seed's got to take root, it's got to sprout, there's some weeding sometimes that has to be done, and God's going to test your faith. Now, he's still going to do miracles in your life, but they're yet to come, because you can never outgive God. Those are just a couple of things that we learned about God. Number two, what do we learn about ourselves? Number one, we grow through commitments. Through commitments, by making and keeping commitments. You know, I watched, uh, I watched many of you be stretched and challenged to the limit. And some of you would come and talk to me about, you know, your giving commitment. Um, and, and you changed it like two, three, four times, each time being stretched a little bit further. In fact, I wrote down the total here in my notes, and it's actually had to have been scratched out a couple of times. Because since the time, you know, it, all week long, it kept changing. And so I've seen that. I've seen you uh, grow because... God's done that in your life. You know, commitment is the foundation of character. It's, it's the starting point of spiritual growth, and it's a mark of maturity. Only immature people go through life without making commitments. You know, most of your life, you, you can't do without making some sort of commitment. Now, the, the, the reality is, instead of trying to avoid commitments in your life, what we need to do instead is make wise ones, important ones, you know, too many people in the world today are half committed to a bunch of different things that in the long term aren't going to matter. They're not going to matter five years from now, you know, ten years from now, much less into all eternity. Every time you make a commitment, you grow. 
2 Chronicles 6, 9, one of my favorite verses, it says this, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What that verse says is that God is looking for people to use. He is searching the whole earth for people to, to bless, for people to, to do miracles in their lives. But there's only one requirement, and that is that you make a full-out, no-holds-barred, total, total, radical, all-in commitment to Jesus. You see, that's the kind of people he's looking for. That's the kind of people he uses. That's the kind of people he blesses. And I really believe that last week, God searched the whole earth back and forth over the United States of America, in South Carolina, in the Low Country, here in Charleston. And he looked at a group of people called Coastal Community Church. And he said, hey, there's some people there who trust me. There's some people there who are willing to go all in, who are daring to believe, and I'm going to bless their socks off. You see, God is still looking for people to use. And if you'll commit to him, he'll bless your life in ways you really can't imagine. Second lesson we learned, it feels good to give. It feels good to give. Acts 20, 35, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than receive. That's probably one of the more common comments that I heard during this campaign, especially this past week. You know, Now, it's one thing for me to stand up and say that and to preach that, and I have in this series, but you only really learn it through experience. You know, wasn't it awesome last Sunday to see all these people, all those people streaming forward with their offering, with their commitment cards? You know, maybe you were over at Child Check-In and see all those kids come and bring those, uh, their offering banks over to Child Check-In and dump out all that change. By the way, how much change we had? Um, six years ago, uh, we had uh, right around $2,000 in change. Now, a lot has changed in six years. Uh, not a lot of people carry around as much change as they used to. Uh, you know, more, more, more and more people don't pay cash for things. But in, even, even so, in the last six years, this past week, we took up around $2,800 worth of change. 20, our kids, all of you. Um, we actually had to dump it out into uh, five-gallon buckets and take it with a dolly to the bank, and we broke down one of the change machines doing it. And no joke, we broke, broke it down. It took us like two hours to, to scoop that. You guys are nasty, by the way. Change is nasty. I mean, like, drill bits and screws and buttons and, I mean, seriously, uh, uh, medicine. People gave us medicine. Bullets? Bullets? Really? Anyway, $2,800, though. You know, it's joyful when we give. It is. But you know, God is happiest of all. Because I think our father is looking down at his children and he's saying, that's my boy. That's my girl. They're becoming like me. They're learning to be generous. They're learning to be unselfish. They're, they're stretching their faith. They're trusting me. You see, God is the happiest of all. Now, I... I do need to say to a, a, a few of you, something to a few of you. There might have been uh, some of you uh, who kind of stood on the sidelines, quite frankly, you know, during this whole campaign. I mean, you didn't really participate. You didn't join a group. You didn't read the study. You didn't fast. You didn't pray. 
Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe you just didn't participate. Maybe you didn't like it. Maybe you didn't like the emphasis. Maybe it makes you feel uncomfortable. Maybe you've even been a little critical of it. You just chose not to listen and pay attention to what it was really all about. Maybe you were too busy. For whatever reason, you just couldn't see how you could trust God, you know, anymore over the next three years. Or maybe you did give, but you really didn't give by faith. You really didn't make a sacrifice. I hope, as your pastor, I hope that as you've seen the miracle, people giving, not grudgingly, but joyfully and generously, not out of guilt or pressure, but because they wanted to. I hope that that's caused you to ask yourself, you know, why? Why did I act? Why did I react the way I did? I hope it challenges your faith a little bit. I hope you, you know, maybe you've had a little tinge of regret and you think, you know, I wish I'd been more a part of that. Well, I want to say something to you. It's not too late. Hear this loud and clear. God doesn't need your money. You know, he can always, always find other people to give to, bless, and to use, and to be generous to. He can always find other people. But for your sake, for your own heart's sake, I think you ought to give. I think you ought to make a commitment. Not for God, not for us, but for you. Listen, don't let Satan rob you, you know, from being a part of of the miracle of this opportunity for growth and for what God might want to still do in your life. Let me, let me tell everybody something. You know what? One day, when it's all said and done, you know, we're going to have a huge party in heaven over at my mansion, okay? Going to have everybody over to my mansion, everybody who ever participated in any of all these different giving campaigns that we've had. Step of faith, all in, daring faith. We're all going to get together We're going to celebrate for like a thousand years. We're going to sing like a million courses. You know, we're going to eat barbecue because you're not going to get fat in heaven. We've got a new body, so that's going to be awesome. And we're going to celebrate. And we're going to celebrate the thousands and thousands of people and lives that have been and are going to keep being changed through this church. And you got to be a part of that. And so for those of you who stood on the sidelines, listen. We want you to be a part of that party. We do. I mean, have you ever, have you ever done one of those um, uh, jigsaw puzzles? Maybe a giant jigsaw puzzle. It's got like a thousand pieces, you know? And, and you go through the whole thing, put it all together, and one piece is missing. Does that drive you crazy? I mean, that just bugs me to death. I hate that. And all you can see, right, is the one missing piece. Now, from our viewpoint... Today, we're, we're rejoicing over, you know, over $200,000. We're rejoicing over, you know, $1.6 million. But I also think it's possible that God might be looking down and he might know that your piece is missing. And he might be saying, get on board. You know, why'd you miss out? Don't miss this opportunity. You know, today, you can, you know, you can still pick up a, a giving commitment card today in the back. Turn that in, you know, this week. You could do it online. You know, listen, again, not, not for us, you know, not for God, but for you. Number three, what do we learn about our church? Number one, we learned that our church is a highly committed church. Your faith was put to the test. Over this series, I, I said at the beginning, I'm going to push you, I'm going to stretch you, I'm going to prod at you. And you passed with all A's. 
You know, when we started this campaign, we said that one of the purposes of it was for us to grow up spiritually a little bit, to mature in Christ. And you took a huge step toward that purpose this week. Because you cannot be godly. You cannot be growing in your faith without being generous. Now, there are some people who call themselves Christians that talk about commitment. And they put on a good facade to, you know, some people in the community. And they talk about maturity and they talk about depth. But quite honestly, that's all they do. They just talk about it. At Coastal, so many of you, and by the way, you know, it wasn't like a few people. It wasn't, you know, just, you know, a few wealthy people that gave all that. It was, it was what we said from the very beginning. Every gift counts. Every gift matters. It's not equal amounts. It's equal sacrifice. And when all of us sacrifice, man, that's when God shows up and does a miracle. 2 Corinthians 8, 3 and 5 says this. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the, saint, service to the Lord's people. You know, again, probably one of the things that I heard over and over and over again, especially this past week. Pastor Chris, thank you. Thank you for allowing me the privilege of being a part of this. Thank you for reminding me that every gift counts. Every gift matters. Thank you that I get to be a part of this miracle. It says, and they exceeded our expectations, which you did. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. Man, I think that, that perfectly describes this church. You are a model now for countless other churches. I'm a part of a, you know, a pastor's coaching network. It's about you know, 25 to 30 pastors of churches all around the country, and we get together about six times a year, and I'm telling you, our church is a model to those other churches. The news of this will get out. We're, we're going to be known around our community and beyond. Number two, this is a unified family. This is a loving and unified family. Nothing happens without unity. I mean, you, in and of yourself, you can't do much by yourself. I, you know, I can't do much on my own, but together, together in a united way, man, we can do anything. In Matthew 18, 19, and 20, Jesus said, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. He says if just two of you will agree on something, it's done. Obviously, more than two people agreed on this one. And unity is an irresistible force. Nothing can stop a church that's unified. You know, when you start talking about money, people get uptight. And I get that. I understand it. Listen, I've been the pastor of this church now next year for 30 years. You know? But any critics have now been overwhelmed by your wave of generosity and sacrifice. It's hard to be critical now, now when you see what God did through, through our church. When you see the joy, when you see the excitement, when you see the growth. In Genesis eleven six, 6, this is actually, the context of this is actually a little negative, but the principle here is still true. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, talking about the Tower of Babel, by the way, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. And the principle there is, again, when a group of people get unified, positively or negatively, 
by the way. Nothing can stop them. And together, man, we can make an impact on our world. Together, we can keep, you know, making a difference for all eternity. We can leave a legacy. So, what do we do now? 2 Corinthians 8.11 says this. Now, you should finish what you started. That's what we're going to do. You should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your what? Your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. We're going to finish what we started. Now, Satan is going to try to rob you of this victory. You can absolutely count on that. You know, eight weeks ago I said that. When we started this whole campaign, this series, I said there's several things you can expect. And one of them is that you are going to be hassled by Satan, right? And some of you have experienced that. Some of you had some crazy things happen, you know, uh, throughout this campaign. Because the moment you made a commitment, the moment you step out in faith, the moment you dare to believe, you are on Satan's hit list. Satan doesn't like you. He wants to defeat you, destroy you, and kill you. But let me tell you something. Don't worry about him because he can't win. He has already been defeated. You know, we already have the victory. Every great adventure has both valleys and, and mountains in it, right? And maybe that's what we're on right now. We're on the, you know, we're on the mountaintop side, right? But the reality is we're on the adventure of faith. We're on the path of faith because with every spiritual mountaintop, there is a valley, and you're going to be tested. So my point this morning is this. Listen, stop worrying about whether you're on the mountain or you're in the valley. Don't worry about that. You just worry about whether or not you're on the way, whether or not you're on the path. Because good times come, bad times come, that really doesn't matter. Because guess what? God uses both in your life. The question is, am I on the path? Am I on the way? Your commitment is going to be tested. But that's okay, because an untested commitment is an unreliable commitment. God's going to do great things in your life. And I really believe he's going to do great things in the life of our church. In the months and years ahead. And years from now, we're going to look back on this, and we know what we're going to say, man, that was amazing. That was a turning point. That was a turning point, you know, in my life. That was a turning point in our church. When together we decided to step out in faith and dare to believe. Let me ask you a question. What about you personally? Are you on the path? Are you on the way? You know what Jesus said? I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. Anyone who comes to the Father has to come through me. What about it? Are you on that path? See, that's, that's the most important path. That's what this is all about. Man, it's about Jesus. That's what this church is all about. Man, don't let this day go by. Man, we, we're excited. God's moving. He's doing great things in our church. But none of that really matters if you don't know Jesus. Because that's what Coastal is about. We're here to share and experience the life and love of Jesus with Charleston and the world. But it starts with you and your heart. 
Are you on that path? At some point in your life, have you given your life to Jesus? Have you humbly come before him and admitted what you already know in your heart? And that is that, man, you have blown it. You're a sinner. That's okay. We're all sinners. But the good news is that a Savior has been provided, and his name is Jesus. And if you will come to him today in faith, he will forgive you of all your sin. He will wipe your slate clean. And when he looks at you, he doesn't see you know, the sin and the, the mess. He sees Jesus. And our Father in heaven says, perfect. Again, not because of you and what you could do. It's not about religion. It's not about cleaning your life up first. It's about humbly coming to the only one who can do the cleaning. And it's Jesus. Are you on that path? It all it takes is one step. One step of faith. And if you will take that one step of faith, Jesus will run to you and embrace you. He'll make up all the distance. And you can have that today. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I thank you for your word. I thank you for, for Jesus. And I thank you for this church. I thank you for all the lessons that we've learned in this series. Lessons about you about ourselves, about this church. God, may we, may we remember all of them and more. And Father, today we do celebrate, we do thank you for um, what you did in our midst through our generosity. And I pray, God, for that, that building that we're going to build, the building we're going to remodel. God, may we continue to reach out to families and children and, and keep reaching the next generation for Jesus. And I pray you would use these tools for your glory. And listen, if you are here today and you've not yet stepped onto that path, the path of faith, the path of Christ, listen, come home. God's waiting. We're waiting. You're, you're not here by accident. He is drawing you to himself. And if you're ready to get on that path, just pray something like this today. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit it. I've blown it. I've been on the path of my own in my own way. But today, God, I want to come home. I believe. I step my feet onto the path of faith. And today, as much as I know how, as much as I understand, I place my faith and my trust in Jesus. I believe He's your Son. I believe He went to the cross and died for my sin. And I believe He rose from the dead and He is alive. And now for the rest of my life, God, I just want to follow Him on this path, through the valleys, on the mountaintop, walking hand in hand by faith. I just want to follow Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.